attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another week of Generation Disney, Gen D, where we talk about all things Disneyland, Disney food, Disney drinks, Disney World sneaks its little tentacles into our conversation as well. But uh, thanks for joining us again. Lots to talk about this week, I feel like. I don't think we've done like a lot of news or, or maybe it's just there's been a lot of news that's come out and we are just trying to keep up with it because it seems like there's something new every day and there's something yeah. new to review. There's something new that's changed, something new that's closed or is down for refurbishment. It just seems like every day there's news at either park. Yeah, no, for sure. And I like I am I have zeroed in on the news at Disney World lately because we are literally one month from tomorrow from when we're recording this. We will be making our little family vacation to Disney World. I'm super excited. We've got the park tickets bought, reservations done, hotel reservations done, flights done. I still have to book the mirrors transport from MCO to our hotel. So I need to do that. Um, but we've got our dining reservations locked in. You know what? We're doing the Sunshine Flyer instead of Mirrors. Like, Mirrors was fine. I think Sunshine Flyer might be a little bit cheaper. It was only 17 a person. Mm. So, you know, we have another trip coming up this spring, and I am doing the same thing you did. We're going to take the Sunshine Flyer from the airport to our hotel, and then we're just going to rent or do like an Uber or a Lyft yeah. on our way back. I think it's always – I would tell everybody – You'll get a little more time at the parks and less time sitting around the MCO airport if you just go ahead and take an Uber back. If you can afford it and just take the Uber back to the airport, I highly suggest doing it because otherwise you get to the airport nearly three hours before your flight with the bus transport. And then you're literally stuck at the food court at the Orlando airport and then like walking sadly through the Disney store at the Orlando airport, wishing you were still there. But you're like sucking out a little more Disney by going to the Disney store at the airport by security. Speaking of that Disney store at the MCO airport, they just did a whole upgrade on that. And they have a really cool projection that you'll see that's all of the beacons. And they move around and uh, take your son over there because he's going to be obsessed. Ray was like dancing in front of the projector and was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So it's kind of cool. And aren't all the the very first attraction you get to go on when you reach Orlando, the the train from your (laughs) gates to the main terminal. Aren't they all decked out with the 50th anniversary stuff right now? They are. They have like a wrap like you oh, see on the cool. monorails. Yeah, no, we're we're super excited. Um, we are going to stay at a hotel we have never stayed at before. Um, so we'll have to talk all about that when we get back. We'll leave that as a little yeah. tease. But it is not the Galactic Star Cruiser. I promise you that. Because What? Yeah, no. It's not? No, 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 no. It's a hotel we have not stayed at. We're super excited to stay there. But it is not the Star Cruiser. For obvious reasons, I don't have deep pockets. Oh, my gosh. Adam, thank you for bringing this up because (laughs) I wanted to talk about the Star Cruiser. Not to, again, I feel like we always start on a negative note these days. But the Star Cruiser's reviews are in. um, And besides the, like, press that got to go that initial week, um, now regular Joes are going. Regular Joes that have a lot of money and rich Joes, rich Joes, not your average <laughs> Joe. Um, the reviews are not great. It, it, they're getting like a two out of five star on places like TripAdvisor. And Oof. it's um, mostly coming down to the cost and that it's 
really hard in times to like suspend disbelief when you're on this whole thing. So yeah, just the regular folk are not loving it yet. Did you see Disney was forced to put out a statement about the fake lightsaber switch out in the fight at the end, like where Ray is battling Kylo Ren? No. Disney had to put out a statement saying they're working on the choreography because they realize it's really janky where she's like, oh, cool, new, amazing, real lightsaber. And then she like dodges. a. She puts a it down and then laser blast. <laughs> she puts down. Brings up like the prop one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Disney has apparently acknowledge that that is a disaster and they're trying to come up with better staging of it. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Well, Adam, I know last time you and I talked about how expensive the Galactic Star Cruiser is, and that is like what is the number one reason people are giving it a poor review. Uh, but I decided, because you compared this to a Disney cruise, which I think is the closest thing to compare it to. Yeah. But I... Being a travel agent, I wanted to look into how much damage you could do with the same price tag at Disney World as you could pay for just the Galactic Star Cruiser. So I booked us a trip and I'm going to go through how much money we have to spend, how many experiences we have to have just to hit that same number for the Galactic Star Cruiser. Do I want to know? I don't know. Um, This is going to make me sad. I don't know. Also, I'm like, we could have a really baller two-day trip, you and I. So just a reminder, it's uh, $4,809 for two people to board the Galactic Star Cruiser, which is a 48-hour experience, so two-night stay. You get all of your food and drinks, non-alcoholic drinks are all included in that price. So I decided, what what could we book? So I booked us um, mid-October two-day stay at the Grand Floridian, because it was the most expensive hotel at that window. Um, I booked us a two-night stay in the main building with a theme park view in a king room at club level. That room was $13.50 a night. I also added a two-day park hopper with Genie Plus onto it, and our total comes out to (laughs) $3,853. So we're still $1,000 short uh, from the Star Cruiser. So I was like, okay, all right, all right. Let's see what else we can do. Uh, Since it's October, I'm booking us the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party uh, (laughs) one of the evenings. So the prices aren't out yet for that party. But last time, they were around 80 bucks a person. So we'll say $160. So now we are at $4,013. So we're still not even close to hitting this. (laughs) So now I'm adding in what is, I think, the most expensive restaurant you can go to at Disney right now, Space 220. Uh, It's a prefixed meal, so you are looking at $80 per person. We'll add in $30 more for a tip. So $160 plus $30. Well, and drinks. Got to throw another $100 in there for some drinks. Uh, Well, I Money grows on trees. (laughs) (laughs) So we're now at $4,203. So remember. Grand Floridian, theme park view, club level, two-day park hopper, Genie Plus. We're now going to the Halloween party. We're eating at Space 220, and we are at (laughs) $4,200. So we're still not there yet. So I went back to the Grand Floridian and looked at their spa packages, and I booked the most expensive spa package that they have, which is a two-hour couples massage and a pedicure at $260 per person. I'm very much looking forward to our couples massage. We're going to have the best time, Adam. We're also sharing a king bed because that was the Eh, offer. Um, (laughs) So 
The total with that massage and and pedicure in there is now $4,723. We are still under. We got that extra hundred for our drinks at Space 220, but we didn't even hit the amount. That's insane. Yeah. We could have that whole experience. Also, you probably couldn't do all that in two days at Disney World. Honestly, like everything you booked, like that would you would be going nonstop to like spend that money. Well, that's the other thing everybody is saying about the Star Cruiser is that it's way too much that you're trying to accomplish in such a short span of time. Yeah, this is, I would not want to do this schedule, to be honest. Like we got to book in an extra day so we can relax a little bit. This is a real go, go, go. But just to prove that like you could have this exact same experience. And like, we had to really work to figure out how to spend that money. So I also have another one. It's too much. I know. I know. It's too much. Like who? I don't know. Okay. What's your other one? Then I have my, my, my big, bold predictions for the Star Cruiser. Well, I also wanted to bring up that for a family of four, it's $6,000 to to stay in the Galactic Star Cruiser for the same 48 hours. So I also wanted to prove one other thing that you could do with this same amount of money. For two nights, you could stay at the All-Star Movies, which is 160 bucks a night for your whole family. Uh, I got us a two-day park hopper, and that came out to $1,108 for a family of four. Then I also added on the VIP tour guide for one day. Now, a VIP tour is like super luxe and you're looking at a range of between $430 to $850 per hour to have this feature. It's like what celebrities do. I don't know what the specific price would be in October, so I'm just going to say it's $600 an hour for eight hours. That's your $4,800. So Total with the family of four and the um, VIP tour, you're looking at a little over six thousand dollars right there, six thousand three hundred and seventeen dollars. So, three hundred dollars more, you can have a VIP tour compared to going on the Galactic Star Cruiser. <laughs> I would take the VIP tour. I would too. If I had money to burn like that, which I don't, I would take the VIP tour. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it just so. I I don't know. So okay. So we were talking about this. I was talking to a couple friends. If you're listening, you know who you are. I won't call you up by name, but we had a lengthy chat about the Star Cruiser the other day, and I honestly think this thing is going to run its course before the year is up. You're going to see big changes to it, and I think within the next couple of years, it's going to suddenly turn to a deluxe resort that you just book and it'll be the restaurant that they charge you for and there'll be cool like interactions and activities to do where you can like play the games and do all that stuff but there are going to be buses rolling up front to take you to the other parks it's going to be like i i think it's going to be a deluxe level resort that you're booking you even though you're getting a much smaller room than you would get a deluxe resort you're getting the theming and all that stuff fine i think that's the route it's gonna go before the year's up maybe a couple years but you look at the booking calendars it's wide open yeah like you can book it yeah there's rarely a new thing at disney that's just like wide open and available to go do so they must know they swung a mist on this at this point by looking at it and like i think we would maybe then go experience the hotel 
if it was a, like a deluxe resort that you would just book as a normal resort. It could be a cool themed resort to go hang out at. I mean, you're at a pool in the back and like, you know, do all that and make the pool feel like you're on like a, I don't know, I'm a Star Trek person. So we would have like a holodeck or something is what you would call it. Where you go like, they don't even have a pool, do they? No, no, you don't even get a pool with it, but I'm saying build one, throw one in. Come on, Disney. So throw a pool in the back and like call it a day and make it a deluxe resort that people can go enjoy. How about this? I I do think that bold statement is bold and probably accurate. But what if they just did a split? So you could have people who just stay here and can pay a la carte for, you know, some of the experiences or some of the meals. Or you have people who've come in, paid that premium price to be fully immersed. I know that's not what they want this to be because then you're blending a few people who might be just coming in to check in and then going to their hotel room. Um, But maybe that's a more affordable way that you can kind of keep both. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see that happening. I think they either got to go one way or the other with it and just be done. And like, fine, if you want to go to Hollywood Studios, maybe the way you go to Hollywood Studios is you get in the tricked out box truck that drives you there um, (laughs) or you get on a bus and go. And like, I just I, I see it being a unfortunately a swing and a miss but i think they can correct it because i think people would book it if it was a deluxe resort you could book and go for four nights three nights two nights do a split stay stay there go somewhere else something like that you know to get that experience of it have a drink at the bar there have dinner there whatever you want to do but then go out and go about your vacation and not be paying exuberant prices for this immersive storytelling. Because frankly, you can go to Sleep No More in New York and spend 60 bucks and do the same thing. Bottom line, it's there. If people want to go enjoy it, they can go enjoy it. They want to shell out a lot of money. Go ahead. We've given you options. You can go to Disneyland for a week for cheaper. You go to Paris, Disneyland Paris cheaper. You can blow all that money in two days, having the most exuberant two days of your life at Disney World. Like, There's other options to spend that money, but you know what? Teach their own. You do you and live your best life. And if you want to go to the Galactic Star Cruiser, have at it. And and again, if anybody wants who just loves it and has extra cash they want to burn, you want to send Dana and I to convince us and change our minds, we'll happily go. So, yeah. Yeah. But personally, (laughs) I'm more on board to have our very luxurious couples weekend with you, Adam. I'm kind of here (laughs) for that. I've just booked us at the Grand Floridian. (laughs) We'll have a grand time. It'll be great. It'll be lovely. It'll be lovely. So last thing I want to mention about Disney World before we come back to the West Coast. Um, super excited. Like all this 50th anniversary merch keeps coming out. And like you see it and we see it on the TikToks and the Instagrams and the blogs and the vlogs and the, you know, wherever you get your Disney stuff. So anyway, a lot of it I feel like is super tacky, like just not great. You know what I mean? Like the I like the iridescent color but like it just some of the stuff Disney? they put out tacky merchandise I mean, what are you talking about they just they need to just stick with like the good retro stuff and also there's lots of retro designs they do in women's clothing only that they should do in men's by the way oh, just saying i know i know they also made a really cute epcot shirt that was super retro and it had figment on it and it was like mm. all gray and white i wanted it so bad it was a kid's shirt and i was like Darn it, I really would wear this. They have one piece of merch that I have my eyes on, and I really hope it's, because you know this merch comes and goes. I really hope it's still there in a few weeks when we get there. 
Um, as you guys know, I love Sorcerer Mickey, but I also love Donald Duck because my mom loves Donald Duck. And then I love the Tiki Room and my mom loves tiki, the Tiki Room because she has a thing for birds. It's very weird. I don't understand it. It is what it is. She loves birds. So they have made. Boomers love birds. Boomers love birds. It's, <laughs> it's a thing. We've always had birds. Like growing up, we always had birds. A cockatiel and a couple of parakeets hanging around the house. Um, Boomers love and birds. And she still has her cockatiel. I swear this cockatiel is 110 years old and will never die. And is pure <laughs> evil, but that's a whole nother story. Like, I, I think we think it's killed multiple other birds that have lived in the house. But anyway, Most likely it's still here. So <laughs> long story short, my mom <laughs> loves birds. She loves the Tiki Room. She loves Donald Duck. She thinks Donald Duck gets a bad rap. Like, nobody pays enough attention to Donald. It's all about Mickey, blah, blah, blah. So they have released, like, the perfect gift for my mom. And mom, spoiler, if you're listening, you're probably going to get this. Or there's also something else that you might get instead. But they have released a Tiki Room totem pole statue with the 50. Mm -hmm. The 50, like, anniversary thing is very, like, not bold and in your face. It's just very discreetly on the piece. And it's designed by this guy, um... Jim Shore, who designs a lot of figures for Disney. Yeah. And so he designed this one yeah. with uh, a totem pole from the Enchanted Tiki Room featuring Donald Duck with his arms crossed looking up at the totem pole. And it's really cute. Um, I think it's going to be the like thing I'm on a mission to find when I'm there. It's very kitschy, but nice. I love it. And I think a certain lady in Kansas City would love it as well. So. Aww, there we go. I'm excited. So I'm excited. Cute. Like finally some merch that's not super tacky for the 50th. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shall we hop on our plane and go back to the West Coast? Totally. From the happy, the most magical place on earth. See, I almost screwed it up to the happiest place on earth. Um, so a couple quick things from there. So remember, we went last year when like the world reopened, the parks reopened. We went a few weeks after Disneyland DCA finally reopened. Yeah. And we got to check out uh, Avengers Campus. You were not a big fan the first time through. It was a day. We were having a day. We were having a day. I think I was really exhausted because I've been caring for the kiddos. But um, I've changed my tune. I like it better. I do still think that the noise is too loud there. It's a lot. Um, but I've grown to love it because we go all the time now and we pass through Avengers Campus. I do think it um, has the best character interactions of any part oh. of DCA. I think they did there what they wanted to do in Galaxy's Edge with the performers and the characters and all that. They've just done on a mm -hmm. much higher, better level at Avengers Campus. But so the other day we talked about how we were talking about like with your trip review from Orlando that like single rider lines aren't really a thing at Disney World. It is very much a California thing, mm -hmm. right? Like they have them everywhere. Totally. So Web Slingers opened and when we went, you had to get the boarding group. That was the only way to do it. But they had like a single rider line out there. It just was not open. So it is finally opening. I think since Web Slingers is now on Genie Plus is like a fancy ride or something now. And then it's um, mm -hmm. also available for standby. They finally opened the single rider line. So if yeah. next time you go down, Dana, you're going to go to the park and Web Slingers will be a single rider. If you want to go on there and do your aerobics, it's very much like an aerobics <laughs> workout when you're constantly, if you could see me right now, I'm doing the like <laughs> the hand motion you do over and over and over for three minutes yes. while you're on the ride. Um, you know, I, I thought it was fun. I don't necessarily need to do it every time we go. Like it's a lot of screens. It's a very universal ride. Yeah. I felt like I've been in that ride vehicle before and it was at universal when I was in that ride vehicle. 
Yeah. It feels like the Transformers ride. If you've done yeah. Transformers, it's that same or Harry Potter where it's like screen scene, screen scene. But this was even less seen and more screen. Um, I, You know, I'll do it like maybe once a year. I don't need to do this one that often. No, it, I mean, it was kind of fun. Like, I, I honestly I'll still say this. It's worth it for the pre-show. You get a little, you get, yes. you get some Tom Holland time in the pre-show. And what more do you need in life than Tom Holland time? It's true. It's true. <laughs> so anyway. Can I tell you, we just went a couple of weeks ago. I know we're going to talk a little bit about my visit recently to DCA. But um, what I did go on that I was so excited about was Soarin' over, over California is back. And we asked to be in that front row, middle section. Folks, hot tip, just Ask when you get up to the front, say, I want the front row middle. And they'll say, great, stand right over here. You might have to wait for one rotation to go. And then they put you right there in those choice seats. It is so worth it. I shed a little tear. It was just like so great to be back. And honestly, I was so excited that we had recently done that story in the vault. Yeah. So I knew a little bit more of the history. And I was that goob sitting next to my friends being like, oh, do you see that golfer? That's Michael Eisner. Like, I just kept sharing. <laughs> They're like, tips, shut up. I'm like enjoying the ride. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. And like, we're going to go. We'll swap out to go do Soren over the world or Soren around the world. Sorry. When we're at Disney World. But it's still not the same. Yeah, I know. It's not the same. And I actually think the I, I understand where it is at Disney World, but the whole theming around it and the area at DCA, like on your way to Grizzly Peak and like it's it's done so well. And that aviation, like old school airbase, it's just I love the theming around it, that it's an old airplane hangar totally. and like it's not as like futuristic airline flight like it is at Disney World. So, yep, very, very yeah. different theming. But I think the California, it's just better in California. And frankly, come on, Disney, just leave it. Leave. It's just better. Soaring over California in California. Yeah. And do soaring around the world at Disney World where it makes sense because you're at 100 percent done. Why? Why? Why do they make this so complicated? We figured it out right here. I don't understand. Disney, if you're <laughs> listening, you know the answer now. Um. Okay. So we are, and I will swear for now, this will be the last thing I say about Disney World. We're super excited to go because when we go to Epcot, it'll be the Flower and Garden Festival, which has some amazing food. And I'm sure we'll talk all about it when I get back. But happening over on the West Coast right now is California Food and Wine Festival, which is always a fan favorite out at DCA. Keeps DCA pretty busy. Yes. Um, Dana, you just went and it's going on till April 26th. So you have about another month when you're listening to this, about a little less, about a month left to go head out there and check it out. Um, All kinds of good food, drinks. Dana, what were the, what were the highlights, lowlights? Talk us through some of it because you've, you've been there. So what do we got? So we went on the opening weekend. We didn't know it was the opening weekend of Food and Wine Festival. Like we kind of knew, but we weren't (laughs) going there for that reason. And I sorely regret going that time because the lines were insanely long, like needlessly long for all of these different food booths. So quick recap, Food and Wine Festival is only at DCA. They have, um, I think it's like 20 different food booths. You can go to any of them. Each of them have like a couple of sweet and savory snack 
type items or small like shareables and then usually a couple of different drinks non-alcoholic and alcoholic options um they definitely were trying some really unique flavors this go around so also i should mention we got the sip and savor pass and we didn't even get through all of our little sip and savor tokens so we're going back again soon to try more items because why not so explain to folks the sip and savor pass like how much it is, how it works. Yeah. So the sip and saver pass, I believe, is around $60. And if you have a magic key holder pass, it's like closer to $50. Uh, but you get eight different little like tokens or like little pieces of plastic that you pull off of this lanyard um, that you can exchange for any of the food and wine festival items. There is a bit of strategy. Even alcoholic beverages? Even alcoholic beverages, mm, yes. Okay. So Pretty good deal then. Uh, there's a bit of strategy to them as you can uh, look at the pricing and determine what you want to get from each of these food booths. We got some food. Some of it was great. Some of it was very questionable. Over at the LA style food booth, we got the glazed barbecue pork belly, which had this side of a, like a mac and cheese salad. Oh my gosh. That was hands down the best thing that we got. Ooh, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Ooh. Yes. That it's that so good. Nice. That and followed very close second was the black and tan beef potato puff over at Delish. That was uh, with a Carl Strauss stout gravy poured over and a lager micro sponge. I don't know what that was, but it was so good. It was like basically. Ooh, I'm looking at that too. It was like tater tots with this um, beef over the top of it and this gravy poured on top. Oh, it was diabolical. I'm looking at it. But okay, but hold on. Wait, I see something else here that I'm going to be highly disappointed if you didn't have this over at Delish. Is it the Cubanos? No, the chocolate marshmallow cold brew cocktail. Oh, I didn't get it yet. But next time I will try it. Wait, we're on a cold brew cocktail kick. Come on. Like I need, I need to know. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I will. I'll get it. I'll get it this coming trip that we're going. Um, we only got food this time. We didn't actually get any of the drinks. I'm sorry, what? I know. Let me tell you, it was madness. <laughs> they ran out of items. What I was going to say is we tried to get the Cubano slider, and they were like, sorry, we're out. We're done with this. So I went with the potato pastry thing, and that was awesome. Over at Nuts About Cheese, the booth, um, we got <laughs> the Snickers Caramel Peanut Butter Milk Chocolate Mickey Macaron, mm. which was exactly what it sounds like. It tasted just like a Snickers bar, and it was shaped like Mickey. Uh, very good. Very filling. I think two bites, and we were all pretty much done with it. We just pass it around. Um, but then the one that we found very questionable among our group was the peanut butter and jelly mac and cheese. It had um, brown sugar streusel and strawberry crackle. That just made me like have indigestion. Like I just got well, just from hearing that. Yeah. Well, the strawberry crackle <laughs> that they say is actually strawberry flavored pop rocks that they put on top of oh, it. Oh, so no. It was mac and cheese. Tasting like peanut butter and jelly. There was no cheese to this. It was just like mac and cheese noodles with peanut butter and jelly flavoring and then Pop Rocks on top. And it was disgusting. It was horrible. I hated it. Kim got it. She did not like it. And then she went back for a second bite. It was like, maybe it's a little bit better. It was extremely sweet. And it just tasted like peanut butter and jelly. That's disgusting. Like, no, no, no. 
I know, right? I'm going to have a bad stomach just from thinking about that. Like, I know. Some things should just not happen. That's like the chef gave their toddler a chance to create a menu item. And the toddler said, "Mm, if we put macaroni with pop rocks and peanut butter, it's going to be yummy. I'll tell you, even (laughs) my five-year-old wouldn't try it. She was like, and we were like, these are things you like. Pop rocks, good. Mac and cheese, good. Peanut butter and jelly, good. Oh. And it was like that scene in Friends where she was like, not, no, like this is not a combo I want. Can I give you a couple other suggestions for when you go back that I want to hear report yes. back on? If you can get Please. into Lamplight Lounge, the cookies and cream donuts look delicious at mm-hmm. Lamplight Lounge. It's like yep. a special thing for food and wine. The, uh, where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? So they've got this spice honey cocktail over at the same place where you got the horrendous peanut butter mac and cheese. Yes. That looks good. Um, you know me. I love a margarita. The margarita looks good over at um, L.A. Style. They've got like a ancho sentido yeah, margarita. So like a spicy margarita. That looks delicious. And yes, there was one. Yeah. The chocolate marshmallow cold brew cocktail. Like. That I'm curious about. Totally. And for me, I also want to try, they have a tropical mimosa flight. One's like green apple, one's passion oh, fruit, you and know one's cherry. a mimosa flight. I know. We love a good, a good mimosa, mimosa flight, flight, folks. <laughs> the way to our hearts is a mimosa flight. All right. Well, you go and maybe we'll do, maybe the people will want, we'll do a one episode that we could compare food and wine at California to flower and garden at Epcot because they're happening at the same time. We can talk through all the deliciousness and mouthwatering goodness. How's that sound? Good deal. All right, done. I think that sounds great. Done. Okay, so Dana and I have debated about how we wanted to talk about this for a bit because I think it hits close to home. It definitely hits close to home for my family and for everybody. It should. And Yes, it's the um, ongoing drama around Florida's horrendous don't say gay bill. You know, look, my family loves going to Disney World. We love the Disney parks, and that's not going to change. We feel, and we've always felt like, Kurt and I have always felt like, as a same-sex couple, we've, like, we could go to Disney World in Florida, never mind the politics of the state, and go and be ourselves and nobody bats an eye. And I think that's one of the most amazing things, especially when you go to a place filled with people from all over the country with different beliefs and thoughts and backgrounds and all this stuff. Never once have I ever felt like people have judged us, thought weird about us. Nobody has ever said anything because it just doesn't happen there. And I think that's fascinating that it doesn't. Especially with knowing where a lot of people from certain parts of this country vacation at Disney World as well and have very different opinions about people being able to be who they are. <laughs> um, it's a happy place. It's a theme park. It, it, yeah. it, I often find that when I go specifically to Disney World, it feels very much like a melting pot. And there's a lot of acceptance that I, I feel. And as a heterosexual family, I'm not as tuned in as you are for obvious reasons to what people might be saying or commenting. But what I see overall is it seems like most people come in with a general happiness to get along and 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 be okay in our differences and embrace them. Um, that's certainly how I feel about Disneyland. That's how I often feel about Disney World. So I was pretty disheartened, one, to hear about the don't say gay bill 
And secondly, to hear how um, Bob Chapek, the current CEO of Disney, uh, handled this particular don't say gay bill um, in his announcement. The entire corporate part of the Walt Disney Company, I don't think, handled it well at all. They've they swung a miss massively. Look, a CEO can have their opinions. Sometimes they're best kept to themselves. And I think it's unfortunately obvious what his opinions are. Look, money speaks. Politics are important. Disney, as much as like the fans are like Disney should stay out of politics, it's very uh, much easier said than done because it's a massive corporation that employs hundreds of thousands of people in Florida. And I do think he completely misstepped with his statements, would not just come out and denounce the bill, unlike the former chairman and CEO, Bob Iger, who quickly came out and denounced the bill. And along with like Josh tomorrow, who's denounced it from parks and resorts. Like I think it was very disappointing, frankly, the reaction, but I think what has been so empowering and uplifting has been the reaction from the Disney cast members and employees around the world who all staged a walkout this week, right. To show their support of the LGBTQ community and that they weren't going to put up with it. And I think the the internal support from the staff, the cast members, the employees, et cetera, will win over. And that is the true spirit of the company or the people who work there and who serve every day. And they should be supported. All those cast members in Florida, no matter your background, who you are, like you should feel supported and cared for and respected and safe. And I hope I hope they do. And I think that that groundswell support from all the minions working there because compared to the C-suite, right, like that they do feel like they have that support around them because I think it's such a shame that this has gotten to where it's gotten. I could not agree more, Adam. And I just also want to take a moment by saying that Adam and I run a little podcast over here that where we share our love for Disney and all theme parks. And we by no means are, um, you know, sanctioned by Disney. We often keep everything pretty positive and light because that's how we feel about Disney. And we we are here to share with you um, our thoughts and opinions. And so we have no real platform to say politically what we're thinking of all this. But just as a human level, we want to say that we see you all and we embrace all cast members and we hope that they feel the same way from the company and the state that employs them. We Hope that Disney takes a better, swifter action to this going forward. And, um, you know, our hearts and our thoughts are with the cast members, especially those who are part of the LGBTQ community. <sighs> Such a bummer. Sorry, well, guys. Like, but I felt like we, we felt like we had to say something. And I think that was that was good to get it off our chest. Like, I'm still going to go down to Florida and support all those cast members and spend the money the way I want to spend my money and it's not yes it's going to Disney but it's also going to those cast members who who that's their lives and their livelihood and depend on us coming down to the parks so can I give a really great tip on here just so you all know like because it's Disneyland and Disney World almost all of uh, everything is on these two apps that you use at the theme parks now and maybe instead of you know 
putting money towards purchasing a rainbow colored Mickey or mini headset, um, think about writing something really positive about a specific cast member that you've met that you can do via the app. If you go into the settings, you'll find a little spot that says um, cast member review and you can go on there and write a really positive thing saying like, hey, I got to interact with Cheryl at the front desk of my hotel and she was so lovely and she even gave a Mickey balloon to my child when we checked in. Those are the things that speak volumes to this company. As a former cast member, I know when we didn't have the app, but we had a similar situation that when somebody, a, a guest would write something really great about my performance or my interaction with their family, I held on to those. I kept them. Um, those things are what go into a cast member's file for when they're looking at any sort of promotion. So please be liberal with your reviews of cast members, especially the positive ones. You know, so many times people just think they need to go on and review something if they have a negative experience. Go on and write something really great next time you visit one of the Disney parks about the specific cast member that you've interacted with. And um, that might just help bolster a lot of some of these kind of lower spirits that are happening right now at the parks. Cheers to that. I agree. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Should we move on to something a little lighter? Yeah, <laughs> I think we should. I think, I think we should. Don't worry, folks. We're not going to leave you uh, today with this because we're going to go back to remembering that it is the happiest place on earth. I hope because I have no idea what Dana has in store right now. So I hope this is a good reminder of why it's the happiest place on earth. But Dana, should we dive into the vault? Yes, we shall. Thank you for your vault voice. Uh, I'm taking us all the way back. <laughs> what are people at home are like, what is he doing? Like, it doesn't work. And I know it barely comes off that way, but I'm going to just keep doing it because I like it. So, yes, Dana, take us way back into the vault. I love it. I want you to do it every time. Um, this is, we are going back into the vault. I went back to that Walt Disney's Disneyland book that I got for Christmas. Um, it's written by Marcy Carricker Smothers, and she's got some really great photos and some really sweet memories that she has kind of collected as a historian about the Disneyland theme park. And I'm going to tell us the story, not about a ride today, Ooh. not about an attraction, but about one of the first dining locations at Disneyland. All right. Any guesses what it might be? One of the first dining locations at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm, I'm going to say not the, the Crystal Palace is at Florida, but the. Oh, the Jolly Holiday one. Yeah. It's not that one. Not it's not that, that one. one. Okay. Nope. We're going to one of Walt's absolute favorites, the Golden Horseshoe in Frontierland. That was going to be my next guest. Oh, okay. All right. well, oh, too bad. Dang it. So the Golden Horseshoe, for any of you who might need to remember where it is, because I think we often pass it, it's right across from the Mark Twain Riverboat. And when Walt was building Disneyland and he was specifically working on Frontierland, he decided, I got to have an old timey saloon somewhere in here. Um, but very specific to Walt, there cannot be any alcohol. So uh, when they got to building this particular saloon style, it was going to be a quick, and it still is, a quick service restaurant that only serves soda and a few like specialty non-alcoholic drinks. Okay. It did debut officially on July 17th, the same day that the park opened. Um, and inside on its first day, 
there were a couple of whiskey bottles set out for decoration, but they had to be removed because Walt didn't want anybody to get the wrong impression of his saloon. Um, and in fact, the saloon's interior was designed by a guy named Harper Goff, who was a movie set decorator. And almost all of the movie set pieces inside the saloon that are still there today came from the 1950 movie Calamity Jane. So while it officially opened on the opening day of Disneyland, it actually had two soft openings, the first one being four days before Disneyland opened, because that is where Walt and his wife, Lily, had their 30th wedding anniversary party. Aww. I know. So they actually had a big to-do there. First, they got on the Mark Twain riverboat, and they did its first maiden voyage. They cracked the champagne bottle on it. And then they brought all of their friends and family over to the Golden Horseshoe for a little party. That's like the best anniversary celebration that nobody could ever top. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> it's so I I wish I could be there. I wish I was friends with Walt in the 1950s because it would have been so fun. Um, Walt's two daughters were also there. They made some speeches. And in the book, Diane is refers to how wonderful and lively the event was um, and that Walt was just obviously on cloud nine. I'm sure he was feeling a lot of emotions because he's about to open this big theme park and he's celebrating his 30th. Um, his daughter recalled that at one point during the tail end of the party that Walt had made his way upstairs to the second balcony and somebody was pointing and saying, oh, there's Walt. And they were waving at him and Walt got all this attention and not wanting to, you know, lose everyone's attention. He decided to climb down the balcony railing from the like left side of the balcony and like landed on the stage but at one point he got stuck halfway through like not sure of his footing so the whole group was chanting well well <laughs> and like pointing and cheering at him so he got down i think probably because of adrenaline but then he just stood there and smiled while everybody kept clapping and people were like speech but he didn't give a speech he was just i think happy that he didn't you know plummet to his doom fall and break from, something yeah yeah <laughs> um so the Golden Horseshoe is probably more famous for its live show that happens four times a day, seven days a week. Um, and the first show actually began the night before Disneyland opened when they had another big corporate party there on that July 16th. Um, that was also the very first time vaudeville comedian Wally Bogue made his grand debut at the Golden Horseshoe. Wally was personally hired by Walt because Walt had seen his act before and thought he was hilarious. And the show was called the Golden Horseshoe Review. It's about a 45-minute show. It's a variety piece with a pianist, comedians, a slew of singers and dancers. You've got them all in like 1850s can-can attire and country <laughs> cowboy shoot 'em up stuff. So it's cute. It's very, you know, silly and very family friendly. And the original show ran from July 1955 to December 1986, seven days a week. It earned itself a place in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the greatest number of performances of any live show. I mean, yeah. What is there something else there that holds a record for the most continuous? Is it Small World holds some record for... No, the most it's, continuous song or something. Oh, that might be true. No, it's the Carousel of Progress also holds a record for like the longest show, but it's an uh, most animatronic. Most performances, yeah. Right. 
Um, I so and right now the show's changed a bunch since I, 1986. Like every couple of years, they kind of redo it, but it's essentially the same theme. Uh, right now, it's a dueling piano show. So you can go tomorrow and go see this show. It's going to be dueling pianos playing a lot of those old ragtimey type songs. Um, I want to go back though to Wally Bogue. He's a pretty great guy, and I just happened to watch a little bit of his um old show on YouTube because I wanted to get a sense of who this guy was. Um, Wally would perform the show until 1982. He was kind of the MC of the show. His name was Pecos Bill. And as we all probably know, if you're a fan of Disneyland, another icon that used to work at Disneyland was Steve Martin. So Steve Martin was a teenager and he credits Wally as his comedic mentor. He would go and watch the show almost every day on his lunch break and had it basically memorized. Um, <laughs> I read Steve Martin's book a couple of years ago, and I went and pulled it off of the shelf to grab this quote, which I think is really sweet. So this is what Steve has to say about Wally. After a while, I'd memorize every line and would recite them from my head as Wally would speak them. And I took great delight in having the laughs appear, even though I had no role in getting them. I would monitor the rise and fall of the laughter of the audience, knowing that his joke would get a smaller response. But wait, there's going to be a killer one in just a second. I kept waiting for the day when Wally would have a cold or stub his toe or blow a tire. And the stage manager would pull me up into the audience and whisper, Wally can't make it. Can you go on? And I would say, yes, I will. And then I would get to be Pecos Bill. Um, so I think it's really sweet that Steve Martin learned so much from Wally yeah. Bogue while watching the Golden Horseshoe show. Um, mm. And lastly, about Wally, he did pass away at age 99 in 2011. Uh, but he has his own window on Main Street that reads Theatrical Agency, Golden Vaudeville Routines, Wally Bogue. Love it. I love it. So there you Aww. have it. That's a little bit of the history of the Golden Horseshoe. You know what this is making me think of? I now know what the next vault I want to do is. It's my favorite other little show at the other park in that same area. Which is it? The Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm kind of mad I didn't do it last time I was at Disney World. They don't have it at Disneyland anymore. I know. it's. They can never get rid of it at Disney World. It's so, like... If you sit there and pay attention to the lyrics, you're also like, wait, what did she just say? Like, it's, it is not a child friendly show. (laughs) It does not hold up to 2022 standards for sure. (laughs) No, so maybe we'll do, maybe I'll dive into the vault on that one soon because that that could be a good one to do. Um, Well, Dana, I, you know, again, I know we got a little negative again because there's just some crummy stuff going on, but crummy stuff and also a overly priced, potentially crummy hotel. But um, (laughs) I'm still excited nonetheless to get down there in one month and be able to talk to you all about it. I'm super jealous that you keep getting to go back to Disneyland. Soon we'll make our return to California and come join you for a day down there. But until then, you better. We'll go to the Golden Horseshoe. Yeah. No, I was saying my sister's going in June. So I'm going to have to like live vicariously through her and her family's trip there, which, oh, that was the only mm-hmm. other thing we didn't mention. And which I'm glad my sister doesn't know about this yet because <laughs> my niece will be all about it. Um, at least in Florida, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is making a comeback. That's a good little mouse musing to throw in there. Yeah. I'm sure the Disneyland one will open up soon as well. This is exciting for all small children. Get ready for the glitter. All the glitter. 
Oh, <laughs> man. So much glitter. Um, It'll be in your hair for weeks. Well, if you want to take your daughter to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique when it reopens, call Dana and she'll make that happen. It's true. I can book it for she you. She makes all the dreams come true. Dana makes dreams come true. At three Just o'clock in the morning, she's Walt. booking your reservations. Oh. <laughs> It's it's so I'm so tired. I'm so tired. All right. Well, Adam, it was a pleasure. Thank you for letting me share that vault. Um, Have a great week, everyone. And we will talk to you again soon. See ya.